Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to this episode of the Briando Babes podcast. This episode is part of a series that I have put together with Coral Seco. Coral Seco has been in other episodes before, so make sure you check it out. And in this series that we are doing together called Coral Explains It All, we will be discussing various areas of psychology and therapy and trauma. We're going to be talking about domestic violence. We're going to be talking about sex abuse. We're going to be talking about groomers, about eating disorders. We're going to be talking about all of these things. But before we get into those topics, we wanted to talk about what happens before we find ourselves in these positions, before we find ourselves with eating disorders, with anxiety disorders, with depression, before we find ourselves um, in relationships that are not fit for us. So in this first part of our series, we are going to talk about core beliefs, where they came from, and the importance of the messages we heard growing up. So thank you for tuning in to another episode. As always, please share this with other people who might enjoy it. Please leave any ratings or comments, whatever it is that you can do on the platform you're listening to. And I hope you enjoy it. Bye. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Briano Babes podcast. We are starting a new series with our resident therapist, Coral Seco. We've already done two episodes with her. If you haven't listened to those, please make sure you go and listen, not only because there is so much valuable information, but those are like the prerequisites for this episode. <laughs> So Coral and I decided, I um, asked her, and she very kindly said yes, to start like a series yeah. where we just talk about different topics related to therapy, psychology, relationships, and she's just going to give us her insight as a therapist. Um, we're, co- we're both nerds. We're both big nerds, so we're like, we like came up with like a syllabus and everything, because this is going to be like... Very, like, Psych 101. Yeah. Like, you guys are going to have, like, your PhDs after this. (laughs) It's, uh, I I think it's really cool, like, what we have in store. Um, We have a lot of really great topics. And and I think there are things that a lot of us think about. Mm -hmm. But we don't really either say because it's taboo or what have we learned in our family. And I Mm -hmm. always quote, you know, we don't talk about Bruno. Like, we don't talk about these things, you know. Uh Like, I always say that. Um, and there are things that a lot of us have probably endured and, or have become kind of like, well, you know, it just happens and, mm-hmm. you know, it happens in families mm-hmm. or it happens with friends and it's like, no, 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 that was, that was manipulation. That we was, need to talk about it. That was not, well, it was toxic. Like that probably impacted It's probably why you're very anxious. It's probably why you're depressed, why you hate everybody. <laughs> so, um, things like that. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So before we get into it, just in case somebody's listening right now and they didn't listen to the other episodes, which they should, <laughs> can you just give us an introduction of who you are and why you are way overqualified for these conversations? 
So my name is Coral Seco. I'm a licensed mental health counselor here in Miami. I practice, my practice is in South Miami. Um, I have been a therapist and well, I've been a therapist for the last six, seven years. And I've been in the world of psychology the last 12, 13. Um, I, my primary focus in my, my therapy office is trauma. I like to help people own their stories and become resilient and be able to live the life that they're supposed to because this life is supposed to be happy. Yes. And so I like Thank to help you. people empower and, and go back to that. And that's why I'm so grateful for podcasts and for, for even our relationship and how much mm -hmm. we've grown, um, you know, in our friendship now mm -hmm. because I love that we're using this platform and our individual platforms to have these conversations and to break the chains yes yes yeah. yes yes um the one thing i do have to say and i need to make sure i say it and i was told by my group of lovely attorney friends to make sure i enunciate it and say it very well um what we're going to be talking about today and in any other series that clearly i'm a part of um is never a substitution for therapy it is not medical or therapeutic advice um it is something that if you feel this i do invite you if you do feel like man that i think that kind of hit me like or something came up for me around that i invite you to either speak to someone that's in your support system um reach out for help reach out to a therapist you can reach out to myself and even if it can't be with me i'm happy to help always like allocate you know and, and refer out and or if it's too much, 911. Mm -hmm. like if it's an emergency and you feel like it's too much, definitely stop listening. And if you need to go to the hospital, then go to the hospital. Yeah. So making sure that. Thank you for yeah, that. They're gonna be. They're gonna be. I, we're gonna go deep, and I know you and I have this. Like we we go there because we need to. So, I think preemptive trigger warnings. Like yeah, I was about to say <laughs> that. Like we haven't. We haven't even started our conversation yet, but I do just want to give trigger warnings because yeah. things are going to come up. Yeah. So in the show notes, I can specify sure. if we're going to, you know, if, we're, if it's going to be a trigger warning on suicide yeah. or sex abuse or domestic abuse. Yeah. But I mean, we're going to go there. Yeah. It's part of it. So yeah. and, and it's part of what we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Owning our story mm -hmm. because a lot of the stuff that brings up and is a trigger, right? Mm -hmm. Are because it's shame bound and we don't want to talk about it or it's very uncomfortable mm -hmm. and we need to be able to have conversations like this to have that humanistic approach i i loved what your guest katrina said like my story could be someone else's testimony yes There's something to that effect yes. and i just found that so powerful i was like yes queen yes i don't even know her but I was yes like, yes that's because it's true like I, 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 yeah, before I could even tell her, like, you can get as vulnerable as you want. I hadn't even finished my sentence. And she was like, no, because what I have to say is going to help at least one person. And I was like, thank you. It's true. Thank you, because not everybody is ready. I have a friend that I was like, why don't you come on and talk about this? And she's like, absolutely not. Yeah. And I respect that because she has a huge story to tell. But I was, she doesn't want to. And I'm like, cool, don't. Yeah. You're literally putting it on my podcast that gets hundreds of listeners like yeah. don't talk about it yeah. so for people who are ready like that is that is so brave yeah. and i think that you know with what you and i have in plan you know in plans right now for like the series 
I definitely know we've talked about it. We have a lot of cool kind of like ideas that we want to do. I know we talked about a book club, mm-hmm. maybe even doing a live if we once we do segue into like another topic, mm-hmm. like just for you guys to have your answers, your questions answered. Yes. You know, I think that that's really what this is about. Yeah, and I'm putting like, a human in front of it because sometimes you can Google yeah. Like, why am I up at 3 a.m. and I can't go back to sleep? Yes, it's true. But when we have, like, a licensed mental health counselor, like yourself, explaining that to us, yeah. I think it it, yeah, yeah. it feels really good. I have a question for you. I'm, I have a thousand. But <laughs> the first one I'm going to start with is you keep telling me, and from day one where I was like, hey, I want you on my podcast, you have told me you specialize in trauma. Mm-hmm. As a therapist, you specialize in trauma. And this may be a stupid question, even though I know there are no stupid questions. But what kind of other therapy are there that's not for trauma? Because every time, yeah. and maybe it's because of my sure. experiences, but every time I think of therapy, I'm like, what kind of therapy do people go for that is not trauma? Yeah, sure. So you can go to therapy for anxiety. Um, and then, you know, the trauma therapist in me wants to be like everything's rooted. In yeah, I was going to say, that's um, how I think it's, I think it's like I said, me, I have a lot of experience and yeah. a lot of things to talk about that are trauma-based and you know we're very big we talked about like uh the body keeps the score and everything so for me everything i'm like no but it's trauma (laughs) like lucky are those who have never experienced it but i just can't imagine a world where it doesn't exist unfortunately yeah and i think it, it just to me it leads back to that but i think that it's kind of like what you said and mentioned about your friend like it's how deep can you go or Mm. are willing to go? And that's okay. Some people aren't there and that's like, or maybe it's too much at the moment and be curious to that. But I think to answer your question, you know, there's definitely different types of trauma. It could even be like test anxiety, right? And it could be, you know, I need to get testing or I need to do ABA applied behavior analysis, which is a completely other subset of therapy which has to do more with the autism spectrum adhd mm-hmm. um and and doing things like like I, I would say more like things that are biological like okay like that would be more aba um but you could also do that with dialectical behavioral therapy and and cbt and play therapy play therapy with kids is great especially mm-hmm. if they have I love like, play therapy yeah I, I i really love um like the little the little figures and when they do sand stuff and sand trade therapy it's really cool okay so yeah yeah i, I didn't know if that question was ignorant or whatnot yeah. um but i just like when i hear therapy i'm like yeah for trauma just yeah. like i have it you have it yeah. everybody you know so I know we talked about it a little bit on the last episode, but can you tell us again, can you do that quick overview, the definition and like that difference between little T's and big T's mm-hmm. and how we identify trauma? Sure. Trauma are big T's and little T's. So trauma is anything that has made us either feel very uncomfortable, um, that it's something either traumatic, like a car accident um like a major one uh you know the twin towers surfside you know natural like a school shooting like natural disasters like a lot of us are andrew kids Mm -hmm. like i i know for me i i was maybe six years old and i remember andrew very vividly and you know that was a natural disaster that my grandfather was actually had so much traumatic brain injury from holding onto a palm tree. What? 
he lived in, in on Chrome, like by Homestead, which was where all the tornadoes hit. He had a palm tree farm. There was one grand palm tree, and that man held on to that palm tree. The, the Coast Guard found my grandfather, and he got dementia very soon after. Wow. So, like, I recall that, and I never realized, oh, that was a big thing. Like, you know, yeah. I, you know, something really interesting, I think it was the 25th anniversary of Andrew a few years ago, and I remember being like, I wonder if they're going to show the, the beer cans that were water. And everyone was like, Coral, that did not happen. I was like, it absolutely happened. The what? So they, uh, I, I don't know if it was, Budweiser actually set like the big Budweiser cans with water. I did not know that. And people told me I made that up. No, it was in the freaking museum and it was in the book. What's that thing called? The, um, the thing about like Shazam, like the. No, but like the Murphy effect, like what is it called? Where like the we butterfly, think- no, not butterfly effect. Like, where we think we see... Oh, it's what is like, it called? It, it's what they say about Shazam, that they say that the thing with... um, What was it? I forgot his name. Oh, my God. That they say that he... That he that he was never Shazam. But it, but everyone's like, no, we remember this. Yeah, what's that thing called? Oh it's God. not the Murphy effect. I'm gonna... It's gonna this me. is... I know, this is bothering me now. What is the effect? Please hold. See, this is a human moment. Hold on. Uh... But it's called uh, Shazam effect. It's gonna bother me now. Mandela effect. Mandela effect. It was the Mandela effect, <laughs> and it was with what's his name? Yeah, they call it the Shazam effect. Yeah, people are still talking about this. The Mandela effect. So people thought you were having that about the beer cans. Yeah, and I was like, no, that actually happened, and I was right. I was like, I knew it. And did they show it? Yeah, they did. Okay. I was like, "Bite!" I knew it, and I remember telling Al, like, "Look, you see, I told you," and he's like, "Oh shoot, that did happen." That's but, funny. Yeah, I think it was more so for clearly like areas like Homestead and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where, which mm-hmm. is where he was. But um, but back to trauma, so like natural disasters and stuff like that, like we don't realize how much little things like that can even like, man, like that's impressionable as a six-year-old seeing your grandfather's beautiful farm destroyed, tor- destroyed mm-hmm. you know? And like, we don't think about that because it's just you're in survival mode. Yeah, you're just going through the motions of yeah. the day. I think that happens a lot with situations where once you're removed and what you were saying in your last episode, like be curious to where this came from. Mm -hmm. That's so huge because as adults, when you're like, but why do I do this? But why do I reject this? But why do I sabotage myself in this way? And when you're curious, I think that was such a big word. When you're curious and you start looking in, you're like, oh, because so-and-so told me this or that growing up because this teacher treated me this way. That's why I hate sending emails after work hours or whatever. So in that sense, let's talk about, because I think that this series that we're going to do, we're going to take people through like a journey through life. Yeah, pretty much. And before we get to the other big topics that we want to talk about. We need a foundation. We need a foundation. So before we get to like, why were we in in an abusive relationship? Why did we get groomed? Uh, Why do we have an eating disorder? Before we even get there, we need to talk about what happened before yeah so can you tell us i know one big thing is these messages we had growing up so and i know this kills me every day because i'm always like every time i rep and i I think i said this the last time every time i have to reprimand my daughter or adjust their behavior or redirect my kids i'm like am i doing it right and that's like the psychology nerd in me where i'm like Am I doing it right? How is this going to impact them? What did I just tell her? How? And sometimes I'll drive my husband crazy to where he's like, Betty, 
they're not gonna have trauma and i'm like but you don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think that's a huge like millennial kids yeah healing thing so can you talk to us about how our words have impact can you talk to us about how these messages we had growing up how they impact us yeah. can you just speak to all of that absolutely so i always say that there is nothing more powerful than words yes i say that because we could be physically abused and that is traumatic you know we could have long-term physical effects of it however you want to you know identify it right but what i can say is the psychological effect of messages and words specifically around our developmental ages really do impact our foundation and core belief i kind of liken it to a house so if we are trying to establish a home right we need a solid foundation Mm -hmm. but if we're using you know let's just water in a little bit of the cement it's gonna be on it's not gonna be leveled it's not gonna pass the code it's not gonna do any of that right Mm -hmm. Um, or if we have it cracked and we're just like, let's just put some dirt on it. It's fine. No, that's not how that works because you're not going to have a solid foundation. Um, and so you- words are the foundations of our core what about what we believe about ourselves. What about that quote, actions speak louder than words? Mm-hmm. So how does that align? And I think especially like when we grow up in these households where our moms are saying one thing, but they're doing another. Mm -hmm. So how does that align in our foundation, in our upbringing? You know, you're saying there's nothing more powerful than words. How, what about actions? Action, you know, I I think I want to make sure I I separate that because there's committed action and that's, and follow through, which are like words in this context. I mean it like what someone's saying to you about you or and how that forms your core belief. Mm-hmm. Action and follow through is, okay, hey, Betty, I promise you we're going to meet today. And then me meeting with you today. Mm-hmm. That's the action and follow through on it, right? So, like, I, I blocked off this time and I did that. It's another thing for me to be like, oh, Betty, I'm really sorry. I have to see a patient now. Um, can you wait in your car? Like, that's, that's not following through on my word, right? So, the two things are a little different. But I think that kind of to get to it and 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 with regard to words it's almost the messages that we hear and i think in hispanic culture we have the i but it looks like estoy jodiendo contigo yeah and and oh i'm just messing around with you but if you think about it if that's what your parent is doing to you and they're your role models what are you to expect from your friends when they're making fun of you or saying Mm -hmm. stuff to you trolling you and you think it's love because your parents love you, right? That's like, that's formed as love. So if your parents love you and they're telling you that they're jodiendo contigo, then that's normal for people to hold it contigo. And it's not to say to be a tight ass. I'm not saying that. Yes. But it's another thing. I'm going to give a perfect example and I'm going to actually use my dad. Last week, it was Mother's Day on Sunday. So my son's school had something on Thursday. And I personally have made a decision to just really not try to talk to my dad because when I speak to him, pretty much he's only ever calling me either for money or for a favor. And it's never to ask how I'm doing. It's never to ask. like House and Tommy. True, house Tommy. And I think as a mom now, and specifically that my son is like a miracle baby, I'm like, 
I know he's my world and he's not everybody's world, but like, it's like, dude, he's your grandson. Like, he's literally your grandson. Like, what are you doing? And um, he calls me and he knows that I, I, I'm holding these boundaries with him because every time he calls me, it's for money or to, to feed me some, some oil out there. And that day it was, and I knew I shouldn't have picked up the phone. I knew I shouldn't have picked up. And this is where triggers come from, right? Because then you're like, well, to me, I think when we're talking about trauma or talking about little T's and big T's, it's when we're triggered. Mm-hmm. That that when something feels that uncomfortable, they resurface. And when something feels uncomfortable like that, that is something to explore, and you lean into it with curiosity. Mm-hmm. So he calls me. And he's like, ay, porque tú sabes. I'll say it in Spanish and then I'll say it in English because it loses a little effect if I don't say it in Spanish. <laughs> but he's like, tú sabes, uh, ya tú no me llamas. Ya tú no, a mí no me quieres. Ya, tú, yo no soy nada para ti. Tú sabes, ya tú, ya tú estás muy... And he, he said something and I go, no. La razón que yo a ti no te llamo es porque cada vez que te llamo me pides dinero mm-hmm. o me estás pidiendo un favor que te, que, que te regale algo para algo, para alguien. Yeah. Yo no tengo interés en eso. Si tú tienes, quieres interés conmigo, habla conmigo de mí. Yeah. So what I said to him in English, essentially, he called me and he's like, oh, you know, you don't call me anymore. I guess you're too good for me. And like, and then I was like, no, the reason I don't answer you is because you only call me for money or to make me feel bad. And... Then I, I, oh, sorry, I, I did say that to him in Spanish because then the thing is when I rebut, he starts screaming. Oh, yeah. So that I, I don't speak. Yep. Because, you know, I'm a woman and I should not speak. And you're his daughter. And I'm his daughter. So I go to him, no, 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 no. And then I do the, when, when, when anyone ever talks over me, I'm like, hello, hello. So fun fact, do that. Um, I love it. Hello, hello. I, I don't know what's going on with the connection because then people, people are so like wound up wound up that they're like oh shit no but i need to make sure i make my point so they're like hello hello i'm like oh yeah as i was saying and i have perfect reception everywhere i go <laughs> so <laughs> um so i i go to him hello 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 whatever i do my thing and i love that and he goes Ay, me oye, me oye. and i go see sí, la razón en por qué Oh no, my God. And, I, and he's like, oh, shit, she caught like, like, I, he fell for it. Um, he fell for he, it. <laughs> I go, You're telling me that to make me feel bad and manipulate the situation. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. You're not going to get far with me with that. Yeah. And, he, and I was like, have a good day. I hang up on him. I immediately call Al. Always Al for the win. And I was just great. He was like, babe, I'm so sorry this happened. You have a beautiful day coming up at school. And it was. It was such a sweet day. And I was mm-hmm. so grateful that I had that event at, at Tommy's school. Um, but it was a trigger. And it was, I, I thought about it. And as we were prepping for and we were talking about the series, I was like, we need to talk about puitas. Mm-hmm. Because they all, all of this are things that it, that, Especially in, I, I mean, I don't know in other cultures, but in Hispanic cultures, it's yes. like, Ay, tú sabes, estoy contigo, chica. Yeah. But it's like, that that's rude. Like, that's rude as fuck. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't want you to hold it conmigo así. Mm-hmm. Tell me a funny joke. Don't like. It's Make like, fun of me for, uh-huh. Or, or try to humiliate me or manipulate me. And, and then say that it's just for fun. It's just a joke. I'm just kidding. Because think about that. 
why did I have that reaction? Because growing up, I was always told, oh, está gorda, gorda. Ay, Cori, pero tú sabes. No, you know, you're okay. Like, I'm just jodiendo contigo. Ay, pero está, te, te veo mal. Mine was always like how I looked. And it was, ay, pero tú sabes que estoy jodiendo contigo. So what did I think growing up? Oh, I'm only messing around with you. I'm not to be taken serious. Mm-hmm. Because it's okay to disrespect me. And then that's, you shared in your other episode how you ended up becoming a bully. Mm-hmm. So you were probably like, well, I'm just messing with her. Yeah. Until you realize like, oh no, yeah. I took this way too far. Yep. You know what's funny with that and the Latino culture and everything? This sounds so crazy to say out loud now yeah. as an adult, but my dad, and I know you're Puerto Rican, yeah. but my dad likes to call my daughter un bicho, which he means a bug. I know he, he doesn't bug, mean yeah, yeah. he doesn't mean Puerto Rican bicho. He calls her un bicho, and yeah. she gets so mad and yeah. cries and throws things, and she'll be like, "He's calling me a bug." Yeah. And then at first, I would tell her like, "I, Layla, don't worry about it." Like growing up, do you know what my dad's na- nickname for me was growing up? Like oh. my nickname, like this is what he, you know how people call yeah, you, yeah. like either honey or babe or whatever. My dad's nickname for me growing up was basura, and sit. So, your nose, the way your face, like your whole face I just. The way I your whole. hug little Betty. You are not. Basura. Yeah. So growing up, my name was always Basura. And to me, even as an adult, it wasn't until I had to say it out loud to my daughter. Like, I, Leila, who cares if he's calling you bicho? He used to call me Basura. And then I was like, what the heck? Whoa. And the thing is, he called me that until he probably still calls me that now. Like, if I go over, he'll be like, Basura. And like. This makes no sense saying it out loud. I'm like, anybody that's listening, if you don't know what basura is, it literally means trash, garbage. And my his nickname for me was always like la basura. So <laughs> saying this out loud, this makes no well sense. I, I like it's kind of like what I was telling you earlier. Um, so my owl, I and look, I'm laughing about it. I'm not mad about yeah, it because it's so like, like it's trauma laugh. I'm not yep. saying like fucking asshole used to call me trash. I'm yeah. like giggling about it. Like, oh my God, my daddy used to call me garbage and so, I have a horrible relationship with him. I don't know why. And <laughs> how, were, how, how were you treated? Or how did you feel like you should be treated? And that was him. He would call me that when he was happy with me, when he was mad at yeah. me, out of love, to ask me how my school day went. Like, that's what he would call me. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, every now and then, I would get bruja. Which now as an adult, I'm like, hell yeah, I can get bruja. Bruja. I can get bruja. <laughs> hell yeah, bruja. Hell yeah. <laughs> but the main one was basura. My brother was pichulín, which, yeah. I don't know, but he was pichulín and I was basura. No, my, you know, it's kind of like the example I was telling you earlier. Like, Al, I'm really sorry. I'm going to totally throw you under the bus for this one. He's great all the time, but sometimes we have moments. But I will say he act, he was able to, when I gave him the feedback about this, I, I felt bad because he was like, oh, what? like he didn't realize what he did. So Tom, I have a two-year-old and Tommy is just like I a two-year-old. Was, yeah, he's just a two-year-old and we're going through that st- those stages and he just does a bunch of stuff. And, it's um, so funny. I can't imagine Tommy going through those stages because I've told you before, he looks like a precious moment doll. He looks like a little royal baby. I'm like, he literally baby. looks like a royal baby. So every time you like say that he was bad or this or that, I'm like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> You're like, he's perfect. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, my best friend looks at me, he's like, he's perfect. Shut up. And I'm like, 
No, 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 no. He, he, he yelled did. at me. He he yelled at me. But anyways, um, so Tom, Al was telling me that Al, Tommy did something, and he's like, yeah, and I go to him, hey, sangano, no hay eso. And I go, hey, why'd you call him a sangano? And he's like, and, and, and it's not like how bicho is in Puerto Rican one uh-huh. thing, and then bicho is a different thing in every other country. Uh-huh. Um, and he's like, what are you talking about? And I go, don't call him sangano. He's not stupid. And he goes, babe, Babe, come on. Like, my parents used to call me, and people used to call me Sangano. I go, you were also a terrorist. <laughs> and it is known. Like, you were very bad as a kid. Like, and, and not even very bad. I wonder, I'm curious, like, what led him to be bad, quote, mm-hmm. quote unquote, right? And being the youngest brother. Exactly. And um, when I said that to him, and I go, please don't call him that. Don't ever say that to him because that's not okay. Like, I don't want him ever thinking he's stupid. He's brilliant. He's smart. We want to, and I use a lot of words of affirmations with him. And he's like, babe, I, I and he, it, he had a Betty moment. Like, oh my God, did I just traumatize Tommy? And I'm like, no, babe. Like, mm. it's fine. Like, papi, no. Like, just say, no, papi, no. Let's say like, hey, papi, no. Entra para dentro. Or, or like, but it's just, we're so accustomed, Hispanics, to kind of insult our kids. Like, and, and I remember my, my, my dad used to, I'm not going to like say my brother's name, but like, his nickname is like an offset of my dad's name. And so he used to say like his nickname and then he goes, Cabeza de Patin. And it's like, I can't. Have you seen those memes now that we're saying it? Have you seen those memes about how Hispanics will take your biggest insecurity and turn it into your nickname? Mm-hmm. So they'll call you like Cabeza Grande or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then now as adults, we're like, hey. You know, really interesting you bring that up. I actually was thinking about um, after the song kind of thing happened with Al. Um, I unlocked a memory while I was getting ready for this podcast that I haven't thought about in probably almost 20 years. When I was in high school, I went to a middle school called Ammons Middle. We were a very tight group of kids. Then some of us ended up going to Felix Varela, which was the first year that it had opened. And um, some of us ended up staying there. Some of the some of us ended up not staying there because they ended up finding out they were using addresses that they didn't belong to the school. Nope. But um, which sucks because it was it. it I mean, my years at Barolo were great, but um, I had this nameplate that I loved, and it was in cursive, and it said my name is uh-huh. Coral. And these two guys that I went to middle school with, that again, this is why estoy jodiendo contigo is a thing, I got that, I want to say either eighth grade year or my, for my quinces. And I wore it a lot. And they proceeded to call me urinal. And now in retrospect, I'm like, you don't spell urinal with an E, you idiots. But I digress. Um, <laughs> but they called me urinal. And then that was my nickname for them for like a bit. I stopped wearing that necklace and I actually ended up pawning it. Like because they called you urinal? Because the way that it was written looked it, like... It was like an E, and then it, it I guess, to them, it, it's like, oh, it kind of looks like urinal. And and it was around the R. Kelly thing, too. So it was, like, really weird, and it's like, who does that? And you ended up pawning it? I ended up pawning my 14... It was 14 or, like, 18 karat gold beautiful necklace. I, I regret it to this day. It was a stu- beautiful, stunning, like, cute nameplate. Wow. And it's like you say, like, it's not about being a tight ass. Yeah. Because we also, we have to find this balance, right? But when you're poking at people's 
insecurities when you're really like would you say that to yourself absolutely not so let's address it in that way of like if you're telling something to your kid would you say that to yourself and i've talked about this in the episodes and like you're like me that we're very woo woo like we do have that kind of thing and i've said it before like for example and i've i've done it here and there but like i hate when girls call themselves bitches yeah. And I hate when friends call. And I've done it before. Yeah. Like, I, it does slip every now and then. I'll be like, bitch. Yeah. But, like, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. And also something that I learned really big in, like, my manifestation journey and all of that is, like, when you say, like, but I'm so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, when you just make a mistake and you're like, ah, I'm so stupid. And I'm huge with my daughter now because she's just at an age where they're yeah. starting to say things. So she'll be like, ah, I'm so dumb. And I'm like, don't say that about yourself. Yeah. And, again, it's not about being a tight ass. But I don't know. I think there's just like such a and like our when you have carry like energy. Oh yeah, our words carry a lot of energy. Yeah. And I think sometimes like let's say like with a group of bros, <laughs> like they love to troll each other. Oh, yeah. What's really funny is like in my husband's friend group, and I'm sure he'll be okay with me talking about this. Yeah. In my husband's friend group, there's a guy whose mom left when he was in college. Like just one day picked up and left. Like her Aww. like 30 year marriage. And he hasn't wow. seen or heard from her. Wow. But they make fun of him for it. And that's their Ooh. way of like, that's their way of like talking about it. So they yeah. make a lot of like, oh, you don't have a mom jokes. But they understand it and they're in the group. But sometimes I'm always like, but how does he really feel about it? Because that's huge. So I have this friend of mine who's a brilliant psychiatrist. Her name is Dr. Karina Fajardo. And her and I, I'm sure she'll be okay with me sharing this. Um, we shared a patient once and um i'll never forget that she brought up this client consistently making these like really morbid jokes and i used to be like that i am the queen of black humor and dark humor Mm -hmm. like the most like i I can go there and be like (laughs) but i'll never forget when when dr fajardo brought this up she was like Yeah, but is that a mature way of processing it? Mm. Or is it an immature way Mm -hmm. of processing it? Is it easier just to laugh it off and and say that it's not that big of a deal? Yep, so much easier. (laughs) So much easier. And and it's like... I say this in my stand-up. When I do stand-up, I always say, like, one of my jokes or whatever is, like, I use this as therapy. Yeah. Because I literally turn, like, my traumas into jokes. You make your... You turn your, your, your... You use laughter for your pain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it is easier yeah. to laugh it off, but is it better? And lo barato we, sale caro. Lo barato sale caro. And what are, we, what are we holding down? Yeah. Because, I mean... And that's like a self-sabotage thing. A hundred percent. That's a self-sabotage thing where you're just turning it into like... And it's that thing of like, well, if I just laugh about it, then everybody will laugh about I'll it. I'll laugh them with them, not... And so that I'm laughing with them. Yeah, yeah. So they're not laughing at me. Yeah. Yeah, just like the urinal. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like necklace. Yeah. Like and I had, I had forgotten about that. Like completely like, and I was like, oh, I guess that really did bother me. And it did because it was a beautiful necklace. Like it was like, yeah. well, I liked it though. Literally they were like, you know, they were, they were 14, 15 year old Mahomes, like whatever. Yeah. But like it, it speaks a lot to like. That's really important for me, for my daughter, because you can't control everything. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like teaching her like, but do you like it? And like what we said last time, mm-hmm. like if somebody makes fun of you or whatever, ask them like. Who hurt you? Or ask them, so? Yeah, so. Like, who hurt you? Why are you bringing this up? Like, what does this have to do with me? And I always tell my daughter whenever she's, like, 
sad about something or mad about something or whatever, I tell her, like, but do you like it? Yeah. And, you know, I do a lot of, like, kids' activities and kids' clubs and whatever. And whenever kids show me something and they say, do you like it? I always ask them, no, do you like it? I have them answer first, then I'll answer. Because, look, they're seeking your approval. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big thing, too, talking about words and growing up or whatever. Every time I tell either one of the kids that I tutor or my daughter or something, if I say, like, wow, I'm so proud. Are you proud of yourself? Turn it back on them. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Are you proud of yourself yeah. for doing that? Something I do. So my clients, I, they listen to my podcast. I, I, I can, I can cry because I'm just I'm so grateful for them and I'm just so proud of them. Um, I don't know why I'm crying. Uh-huh. They're gonna be like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, go. <laughs> but, um, you know, I they stay with me a long time. Like I could tell you my caseload, I it's a blessing. Like they stay mm-hmm. with me a while. And I I do often, like even yesterday with one of my kiddos, I was like, can we just take a moment and reflect on the last year? Yes. And big time. They were like, oh my God, yeah. Like, oh my God. And then even last week, like one of my other clients was like, Coral, uh, 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 two years ago, I couldn't have done this. And, mm-hmm. and it was just like, yes, yes, we're doing it, holding boundaries. And how freeing is it? So freeing so freeing yeah oh my gosh i love how when we have conversations like Mm -hmm. i always have like uh uh-huh like all these like specific questions for you but we really do go like around around but most of my listeners are latino so they understand that this is the way that we talk this is the way that we do it so i know we had um more specific things that we wanted to say. What is this part of the syllabus? This is like intro. I'm like intro. <laughs> so, you know, I think going back to words having impact, right? Like when we think back, like I have an amazing friend, um, Amy Boyanos, who I've known for a long time. I've known her since we were kids. Like literally we realized we're like, oh my God, we've known her since we were like six or seven. We went to like the same church. Um, I remember like I quote her pretty much on a weekly basis. Like something she said to me, God knows who I was dating around age 18, 19. Um, and she was like, you need to let your absence be felt. Oh, yes. I quote Amy Boyanos Miller to this date <laughs> about that. I told her, I'm like, you know, I say let your absence be felt, right? Like, so that's you, so funny. And, and it's true. And it's like, I, again, in reflecting of this, like I was talking to a client a few weeks ago and we were talking about divorce. And this client, I was like, you know, I was at a wedding once. And I don't know the girl's name, but it was my friend Vanessa's sister, who was the maid of honor. And I'll never forget, pretty much kind of ad-libbing and paraphrasing, she's like, don't ever use the word divorce as a threat. This is in the speech? In the maid of honor speech. And I don't even think she said divorce. I I think she even said, don't ever use the D word. Even if you're really mad. Unless you truly mean it, do not ever use the D word. I won't even dignify with saying the word here because this is a beautiful ceremony. And I was like, I'm paraphrasing it, but I took that with me and I was able to use it in therapy. Little things that we hear, which is why I love podcasts and and, and mm-hmm. now like this, because they're messages and these are positive, empowering messages that we're hearing. Like, you're not alone. Like, you are worthy of love and belonging. You're not a sangana. You're, you're like, not a sangana. Like, you're you're not like 
you're worthy. Like you're, you, you matter, you belong, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's like, let's, let's use those messages. Let's, let's use our stories. Like your, your, your friend Katrina said, like as a testimony to like, Hey, you're not alone, you know? Mm -hmm. And even if it helps one person, like it helps that person, you know? And I think that what happens down the road of, you know, I know we're, we're talking, reflecting on like positive things, but with the negative things comes a lot of resentment. Yes. And what's worse is when it's hidden resentment. Oof. Mama. Yes, you can. <laughs> and I take my sip of water. Um, because we, how many of us growing up were like, listen, you have to behave. You have to go to this place. You have to hug them. I, and I know we've talked about it, I think in the first, the first episode I was on, I don't, my son chooses who he hugs. Oh yeah, 100%. You're not hugging anybody that you don't want to hug. You don't want to hug him? You got a bad vibe? All right, got it. Don't hug him. Don't hug him. Don't hug him. You don't have to hug him. Oh, no. Do you want to give me a high five? Do you want to say hi from afar? No, you give up. Like, you don't want to say hi to me? I don't exist? That's fine. Like, okay. Yeah. Don't take, like, why are we putting, why is your, like, so, like, I don't know. Like, it's like, we're giving this, we're making a two or three year old want to be like that who doesn't maybe maybe they have sensory issues maybe they just mm-hmm. woke up from a nap they just want to hug you why are we like and the woo woo part of it little kids feel energies mm-hmm. so maybe they know that that's a bad person why are we making them hug them and oh which did I ever tell you the story on the did I ever say the story on the podcast from when I was a kid no ooh okay let's go back to that but kids also want to get parents. Um, acceptance oh yeah and they want to be accepted and validated by mm-hmm. them and adult figures mm-hmm. so you mentioned about conflicting messages earlier you you made a, a mention about that think about that right so if you're told you have to hug you have to do this you have to do that the kid energy something feels off i don't like how they smile i don't like how they smell i don't like the way they make me feel you're telling them to invalidate how they feel to make you comfortable. Yep. Yep. And it is. And then we wonder why we don't know how to set boundaries, why we don't know how to say no, why we are people pleasers. Mm -hmm. And think about it. You're, you're violating yourself. And I'm going to use that word to appease and make someone else happy. Who doesn't matter. Somebody who doesn't matter. When I was around, my, bro- my, my brother had just been born. I'm three years apart from him. So I might have been like four or five. I actually probably have pictures and I'll look for them. My mom had a friend named Olga. Olga had two daughters. And um, the two daughters, one of them had a boyfriend. That boyfriend apparently wore a mask one day, like a wolf mask, and scared mm-hmm. me. And... But here's the thing. Weird fun fact. My sister, who was 18 years older than me, used to make me watch like very scary movies as a kid. So <laughs> like I'm talking about I, I saw the exorcist as like at like by by six or seven, like 90 kids Kruger. probs. Bro, I won't even my 10 year old has been begging me to watch Wednesday. And I'm like, absolutely not. But like her whole class has watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Or like, are you afraid of the dark? Like, we were raised on these things. Like, and and I think that the guy, I never liked him. He tried 
we talk, we're, I know we're going we're gonna to talk about grooming in one of the episodes coming up, but like, I don't, I'm not trying to say that he was grooming me, but now in retrospect, I'm glad that little Coco, that's what I refer to little me as, little Coco. like she was like, no man, he, he was, he was like a manager at like a fast food place and he would, um, he would bring me like food and like all the little toys and stuff. And I just, I wouldn't eat the food. I wouldn't play with the toys. And I want to say this was even before he even wore the mask. And How was old was funny. he? I mean, these girls were in their teens when I was like four. So I was like their little baby. I was like their little doll. So yeah. they might have been like 18, 19, mm-hmm. 17. And he was the, the I, I think he was a, a manager at a McDonald's. And one day, my little ass was like, I, I'm, I said it in Spanish. I was like, I mean, I don't mata niño. I don't like him. He kills kids. Now in retrospect, I'm like, I used to watch a lot of scary things that I probably should not have been watching at that age. I don't let Tommy watch. Oh my God, I'm, my, my best friend's husband makes fun of me because he's like, how do you not let him watch the scene where Mufasa dies? I'm like, no, it's too traumatic for Tommy. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I need him to think that. He's like, Carl. But um, I, I, I used to watch that, so maybe it was that or it was intuition. I told her, I was like, and I don't like him because she asked me one day. She said, "Why don't you like him?" And you're like, "I'm mata niño." And I said, "He kills kids." <laughs> and I don't know if I scared her. She broke up with him. I can't. He fucking hit a kid and killed him. What? About. A, I'm so sorry for anybody like three, four months listening later, to this on headphone. Three, four months later, you're lying. He got deported and everything. Who did he hit and kill? He was drunk driving and hit a kid riding his bike. His or her bike. I don't know what it was. And got deported. No. I'm in shock. And after that, they were like, esta bruja. And she said it. She's like, it was so creepy that you called it. You said it. And I was like, dead set. I was like, en niño. Uh, I don't, I don't want, I said no to, I said no to chicken nuggets and french fries. And toys. At toys. Juegue. At fours. At four years old. That is insane. I, that is like one of my like really creepy like stories, you know, and, and kids, You need to send that to BuzzFeed. Know. You know how they always do like, know, like, random. like 20 things, 20 creepy premonitions kids had or whatever. But, you know, back to... I mean, that's like one of the things, but, you know, I know that when that was like a random example, I don't even know how we got there, but me either. We were talking about resentment, resentment. Yeah. So like, I, I think that just even with regard to like the little, when you don't feel comfortable being around someone, like what if that was me playing and he was being crazy? I mean, clearly I'm, I don't, I don't even remember this guy's name, but, um, what if he had gotten mad because, and I could have been. Like, oh, she broke up with me because of her. Clearly, mm-hmm. he must have been doing something else that she broke up with him. But, like, she was, like, really creeped out that, like, I refused. And then I would cry going to their house because I knew I would have to see him. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. But it's the, like, hidden resentments that you have. And then it's the, like, ay, but, eh, familia. Ay, oh, yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, why the fuck do I have to be uncomfortable because your ass is uncomfortable? Yeah. What does your anxiety have anything to fucking do with me? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where the passive aggressive, the toy holding and all that stuff 
goes back. It's just like an excuse. It's an excuse and it's cyclical, man. It all goes it back and then you're like, I don't like this person. Why are you popping off on them? Why are you doing this? It's because I don't get to speak my truth. I don't get to really express myself because if I do, I'm going to be judged or invalidated. Or in trouble. Or in trouble. And as a kid, that's the worst thing that could happen, right? Being in trouble. Being in trouble. Yeah. So do you think that... Okay, because it's really hard to find that balance between the way our parents talk to us, the way our the adults around us talk to us. So I think something that's really important, especially in the conversations that are going to come up, mm-hmm. I think something that's really important, I think we said this in the first episode, is having a safe adult. Absolutely. So... How important is it? I know the answer. I just want you to say it in your LMHC um, language. Um, How important is it to feel safe talking to your parents? Oof, mama. I wonder if we should hop onto a part two of this. Because I, I feel like that needs its own. When you said hidden resentment, the first thing that came up, like, the one story that, like, popped up in Mm -hmm. my head was one time, I have such an insanely vivid memory of this. Like, we were walking in in the parking lot of my apartments, and I had gotten straight A's and one B, and I showed my dad, and I was like... And it's so funny because this is literally one of the jokes that I use in my stand-up about the whole, like, Hispanic families, da 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 I literally turned this traumatic situation into a joke. Um, I show my dad my report card and I was like, look, I got all A's on one B. Are you proud of me? And he's like, no, why would I be proud of you? That's what you're supposed to do. I literally turned that into a joke about how like his, like now we, we like take our kids to Disney for an A plus, like we get them every toy in, in the toy store. Like, and my dad was like, no, why would I be proud of you? Like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And then I wonder about like, oh, that's why I didn't want my dad at my high school graduation. That's what, And that's something that happened in, like, second grade. Wow. And I didn't, like, then again, like, my dad is super embarrassing. Everywhere He's, like, a bull in a china shop. Like, everywhere he goes, like, something gets destroyed, like, whatever. Um, But I remember my college graduation just being, like, but why is he here? And again, I've told you this. My parents live together. My parents are together. My dad is part of my life. But I'm still, like, but why does he have to come? And then I wonder why I was so mad about him coming. And it's like, oh, yeah, because he didn't care about my report card in the parking lot at Greenbrier West. He didn't care about my report card. So why do I want him here? So those are all this all ties into, like I said, we're going to take the listeners through a journey through life and the importance about being curious of where all these things come from. Where do all these feelings come from? And I think sometimes I've mentioned it here or there. I mentioned it at the beginning of this episode. We get stuck in analysis paralysis about how do we address this? Yeah. And you sent me the screenshot yeah. of you and Al addressing a behavior that yes. Tommy is having yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And I get very like, and it gets to a point where I will send my best friend 50 voice notes back and forth about how to address something with my daughter. Yeah. And I think about it so much, so much, so much, so much, I don't even end up addressing yeah. something. There was a situation going on with my daughter. Um, Her class right now are starting to learn about LGBT. Okay. So now all of them want to be one of the letters. Okay. So every day it's something new. Like yesterday yeah. she told me that one of the student, one of the girls in her class is, uh, is non-binary. Okay. And she says it like that. One day she came and she told me that someone in her class is bilingual, but she meant bisexual. 
and I'm very like, yeah. go for it. Yeah. If you are yeah, yeah. whatever you are, go for it. But I want my daughter to understand what it means. Absolutely. What it means. You're not that just because everybody else in your yeah. class is that. Yeah. So my conversation with my friend was like, how do I teach my daughter who's nine yeah. what LGBT really means without talking about like dicks in a butt, yeah. <laughs> which is not the only yeah, thing age appropriate yeah. age appropriate and i was so scared about like because you know like uh as millennials when we were kids especially latinos that word was not said in the house yeah you did not say maricon was a an insult yep. tortillera was an insult we did not say these things to each other grow, growing up so unless what you wanted to insult the other person unless you wanted to insult the other person so what happens a lot of kids who didn't know how to express themselves, who were scared of coming out. Da, 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 da. Mm. So I didn't want to do that for my daughter. Yeah. But I also wanted her to understand, in my opinion, from where she's coming from, I'm like, I don't think you understand what this means yeah. yet. Yeah. You might, but she's also like very prepubescent. Yeah. So it was just this back and forth with my friend. And I'm yeah. like, but what I tell her, what I not tell her, how do I do it? Because I didn't want to be like, en esta you know like i didn't want to say that yeah and i got so stuck that i didn't know what to tell her at all did you ask her what it meant to her yes yes i asked her how she defined it and she said well i want to be pansexual because pansexual means you love everybody and my daughter loves an amoeba my daughter doesn't want us to kill flies in the house because they have families. Aww, if my daughter sees a homeless person, she wants to give them the clothes off her back. So I was like, so that was a, a huge thing too with my friend that I was yeah. like, I want to tell her like, yes, Layla, you love everybody. Yeah. But being pansexual means you'll have sex with a trans man, a trans yeah. woman, a lesbian, a bisexual person. Like, so you know what my friend and yeah. I were talking about and she worked as a child life specialist in the hospital. So okay. she knows a lot about like talking to kids. Yeah. So she was like, you know what, Betty, like at the end of the day to really explain to Layla what LGBT is, there's sex involved. Like you need to talk about genitals and you need to talk about sex to really understand like being pansexual doesn't just mean you love everybody because you do Layla. Like you love yeah, yeah. like she's, yeah. she's just a good kid. So she started saying, like, I want to be pan because she learned, like, okay, from this gamut of things, yeah. I want to be the one that loves everybody, which is like, yeah, which is a beautiful thing. It's not a bad thing, which but, is a bad, th- yeah. which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. But I also want her to understand, like, and if in the future, like, you that's what she is, whatever. then whatever. But I think right now as a nine-year-old, she doesn't truly understand. That's my opinion. It might be a little bit old school. But anyways, I got into this analysis paralysis where I'm like, how do I explain it to her without traumatizing her? And then I ended up saying nothing. Yeah. And she's forgotten about it. She doesn't say she's pansexual anymore. Yeah, yeah. She's like forgotten about it. But still, like, I owe her an explanation. And I want her to know that she can tell me anything. And she does. Yeah. Um, I had, uh, I uploaded a, th- oh my God, it's been 54 minutes. I just looked over at the, so yeah, we are going to need a part two. That's why I was like, I think we need a part two for that other part. Yeah. So, um, uh, now I lost my train of thought. I did a, I did an Instagram reel about yeah. like how to get your kids to tell you things. Cause you yeah. know, when you pick up kids from school mm-hmm. and you ask them like, what did you do today? And they're like, nothing. 
Um, a lot of it is building trust. Yeah. And a lot of it is like from day one. Yep. And even my two year old, my she's not even two yet. She's gonna be two in July. When I pick her up from daycare, I ask her, ¿Qué tu hiciste hoy? And she has very limited vocabulary, but I still ask her. Yeah. Because I am setting that yeah, like you're setting the tone. Tell me what happened. Yeah. So that one day when I pick her up from a party yeah. and I ask her, What did you do? What happened at the party? She's able to tell me. Absolutely. So okay, let's wrap up. I don't even know what we talked about anymore. No, I'm just kidding. But I think definitely talking about how to have your kid talk to you. Because if and I, and I see a lot of teens, so I get that question a lot from my parents. It's like, I don't get it, I don't get it. I'm like, well, how are you approaching them about this topic? Are you holy and little? Are you mad? Are you mad at them? Right, I didn't make fun of my daughter when she yeah. when she said that she was pansexual. I didn't make fun of her. I approached it with like, what do you mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Oh, okay, I love that for you. But mama, that means... Right, so yeah. I, I did end up telling her like, I did end up getting to the point where I was like, because <clears throat> hashtag bad, ma- bad mom moment. But I do curse a lot. Okay. And my daughter hears me curse. I remember you talked a lot about cursing yeah, one yeah, time. It's a trauma response. It is a trauma response. I am a cursor. Um. So she, uh, and she sees me drinking. Okay. Like we, you know, like a beer with Social dinner. Media, yeah. Like we have like whatever. Like our friends come over, we'll play beer pong, like whatever. Um, so I told her, like, you know how mommy, she calls my husband Ta, that's stepdad, but she calls her Ta, she calls him Ta. So I was like, you know how mommy and Ta, like, we say bad words sometimes, and you know how, like, we drink beer? Those are things that adults can talk about, and those are things that adults are ready for. Some things, like about being pansexual, you'll understand more fully when you're a little bit older. So that's yeah, kind of, that's kind that. of, that's a great way of segue. That's kind of it. how I presented it. Like, yeah. you know, beer exists. You know, bad words, you know, bad words exists, mm-hmm. but you're not ready for that yet. And I, and I know we can go down a whole gamut on part two of this, but it's kind of like when we were younger, it was like abstain, 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 abstain. Oh, yeah. If you And then not, once you learned what sex was, you're like, I want this every day, morning, uh-huh. noon, and night. Everywhere. 20 yeah, every times. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and think about it, right? Like, if you don't feel safe enough telling your parents something... And then they're giving you this message. A part of adolescence is individuation, mm-hmm. and it's becoming yourself, right? And which arguably is your whole life, but you become also oppositional. Oh yeah. So now it's like, oh, I know that I'm gonna get. Imagine. So if you're getting, and again, we're gonna go into this in part two, but if you're getting bad attention, even if it's attention, whether it's good or bad. You're gonna you're gonna go for that, yeah. So if you know it's gonna give you that, you're gonna do the opposite because you know that in this weird tango of attachment style that you're figuring out with your parent, you know that it's not a safe one. But you know that if you do this, then yeah, you still get attention and it reinforces it. Oh, and my mom, like, yeah, I have a pretty good relationship with my mom, and even till now, like, I can tell her things. But definitely, my sister was more like the cool one. Like, the one that I could really tell things to. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, like, I went to Amsterdam, and I smoked weed, and I came back, and I told my mom, like, I smoked weed in Amsterdam. Like, I was already an adult. So, like, I do have that yeah, relationship yeah, yeah. with my mom, but I definitely had a safe adult with my sister. So, that's, you know, I, I had a, I posted something a few weeks ago, and we could talk more about this in part two, and it was about how 
I will never be the adult that gossips about my kid. If my kid tells me something, I'm not going to weaponize what they said and mm-hmm. use it as gossip for my family's entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I had someone that I know message me back. I, I'm not sure if she really like even listened or watched the thing, but she was like, I don't agree with that, whatever. And I was like, she, you know, in her case, she has a very strong family unit. And I, I, I was like, you know, thank you for your feedback. But what I can't say is what you have is very rare and it's a privilege. I did not have that. Anything I said was, comp- I did not get my Miranda rights read to me. <laughs> like, it was used and and held against yeah, me. Yeah, but is she, is her tight family unit using these things as weapons? And that was the difference. I was That's like, the difference. I was, think that's the key word. And that's what I, I, I mentioned to her. I was like, mine was literally used to abuse me. Yeah. And to literally which is, control me. Uh-huh. Which is a very different thing than like... Like me seeking advice from my friend. Correct. Being like, very oh, different. my daughter just learned about LGBT. What yeah, do I do well, about how this? How do I go about this? Yeah. So, but I wouldn't go to like a family function and be like, Leila Tatiera. Exactly. I, <laughs> even saying that out loud, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hello. it still has a negative connotation to some people, yeah. you know, or stigma. And it's like, I... I, I I'm an ally and I have been my entire life. Same. I, I, my mom was a seamstress growing up and her boss was this like fabulous, flamboyant, beautiful gay man who, what I, I have been very blessed to be around very fabulous people. And he was actually a safe adult for me. Aww. And I remember he, I guess my mom would complain at the factory about me, but then when him and I would talk, he saw what I was talking about. Aww. And so he'd sit down with me. I'll never forget. And he would like be like, he, his name was Adi. Um, Adi would be like, Cody, mira, amo favor. Uh, here, paint me a dress you want me to make. And literally just had me paint, like design dresses there and like do stuff. And it was like super cute. And he just wanted me to like be creative. Aww. And it was such a beautiful, like, he understood. Because I'd be like, my mom makes me feel bad. And he would listen to me instead of shutting me down. And it was like, Adi. Adi. Yeah. Wow. So, okay, so. Part two. Part two. Coming up. Coming up. So in this part one, we just hope that you find that, you continue to find that curiosity to start understanding, like, okay, why did I get myself in these situations? I'm not stupid. Why did these things happen to me? Why am but I triggered? Why am I triggered? And a trigger is something that makes you uncomfortable. And there's some stuff that legit should make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? If somebody is waving their wangalang around like, in a restaurant, like, okay, that's, that's, feel uncomfortable. That's weird. Um, and it's another thing to be like, oh, God, I hate being around. Like, this person, like, or their attitude or whatever. Like, okay, so what is it about their attitude? Where did you learn that that was, that, like, that behavior? Mm-hmm. Or even with me, like, I have found people being upset of the things I post and being upset. Who hurt you? <laughs> and I'm like, that's none of my business. Unfollow me. Why are you triggered? Why are you triggered, though? Mm-hmm. And again none of my business yeah so yeah so we invite you before you go to the next yeah episode before you go to part two start thinking about those triggers that you find be curious 
Absolutely. As to the things that bother you. Yeah. You clicked on this episode and you wanted to listen to a therapist talk. So why? 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 And in part two, we are. So first we talked about the messages we heard growing up. Now in part two, we want to talk about how we took those messages and, and went to those safe adults. Went to the safe adults. How? And maybe we could even start navigating a little bit into what those messages became for you because a lot of them become negative core beliefs about yourself oh yes and we're going to identify the core beliefs um and talk about them okay perfect love it thank you all so much thank you coral for being a part of this series yes of course and we'll catch you on part two bye bye